0: Dear Lord, thank you for this time of worship tonight. Thank you for bringing us all all in here, and I pray that you would just um, guide Cole and just speak through him to each one of our hearts tonight. Amen. Amen, amen. You guys can take a seat. Hey, Josh, can you you play that video for us really quick? We're going to Watch this, this is NYC uh, promo video. I should have shown you guys a while ago, but me and Josh, we got it going. To kind of show you what, um, oh weird, uh, to show you what NYC is going to look like. So, guys, really encouraging you to check that opportunity out if you're interested in it. Um, we've worked really hard to make it super inexpensive. Oh, this is cute. It says happy B-Day. They made little things during worship. Um, hopefully, you didn't do that the whole time during worship. Right, gotta focus on Jesus a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but. Uh, really encourage you to check that out. I think it's going to be really a really cool opportunity. So for sure, um, put that on your calendars. bug your parents. They should have gotten emails about it. But um, if you want me to specifically send them information, you can come and find me or Jessica at some point tonight um, or at any point in the near future. I um, would love to do that for you. But guys, we're back into our sermon series talking about um, spiritual formation, right? What, what is our goal together? What are we doing? We're going to be like Jesus.
1: Good. Let's start over
0: and do it one more time. We're going to be like Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did on a journey to become a true apprentice of Jesus, right? We want to be true followers of Jesus, not just people who adopt the idea of what it means to be a Christian or the idea of who God is. We want to really embody what it means to be Jesus, what it means to actually do what he did. And so we've gone on a journey, have we not, already? We have... Uh, we're working through this idea of like how we're changed right so we we started with the display of what is apprentice what is an apprentice what is apprenticeship and then we've moved on to the actual practices that Jesus used in order to become changed right so the first one that we talked about was prayer and spiritual reading so we started the SOAP plan and we encourage you guys to be open in communication with God how's SOAP been going everybody doing that I love SOAP <laughs> For an hour? You were catching up then? Oh, an hour before you got here. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I encourage you to get into that. Even if you have to do some catch up or you just wanna start halfway through, it, you're not gonna like fall behind or be behind. If you want one of the soap cards, ask your leader. We have more of them. Would love to get that in your hands because what, what the reality is is, is we're, if we're all reading the same things, we're gonna begin to take on the same culture, the same ideas, the same mentality, and you're gonna come and you're gonna be with your small group be like, yo, did you read this? Did, did you catch on to that? It's not just what I'm talking about on a Wednesday night. It's actually what you're doing all week long, right? So I really encourage you to um, be intentional with reading uh, the soap. Uh, the last, then last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is he to you? He is the embodiment of God here on earth, the guy that literally lives inside of us and gives us the power and authority to raise people from the dead. Right? Jessica, you could actually go show that picture right now. I think it's still in there. Do you want to? Really quick. So I found the picture of the minivan that got smashed last week that we talked about, the one that my friend was in and died, and he came back to life. I think it's still there. I thought I left it in the slideshow, did I? Sorry, I got rid of it. Oh, it's okay. it's okay. You can find it in a second. But basically, his mother-in-law came out, and he's she's praying over him, right? And the Holy Spirit just, like, did a work. Guys, he, she, she was praying over him, and... All of a sudden, he came back to life. The paramedics were there, and, and they pronounced him dead for more than three minutes, um, which is way more than you should be dead in order to still, like, have brain function and whatnot. Today, he is, like, totally healthy. He broke his, um, what do you call it, like, L4 vertebrae or something? One of those ones right here. That should be that he was paralyzed, but he broke it just not enough that all he had to do was wear a brace for, like, two months. Um, would you guys find the picture? Feel free to just throw it up there and there it is look at that's the minivan he was sitting on that side that doesn't have the door can you believe that that's the brace that he had to wear that's all he had to do for like therapy i mean he's doing like little things now to get like strength back but because he didn't move for so long but in the hospital for three days in a coma for um well he's in the hospital for more than three days two weeks i think in a coma for three days and then when the doctor said like he's not going to come back to life we're all praying for this guy he's not going to like come back he was alive breathing but like Not present mentally. Um, We're praying for him and all of a sudden he starts to wake up. His wife is having the baby that she was pregnant with um, at the time of the accident and he actually was allowed to be in the delivery room because he had become aware enough within a one week span where the doctors are like, it's going to take months for him to regain brain function. But the Holy Spirit did a work in him and lives in him to this day. You can go back to the slideshow now. Thank you so much. Um, Okay, so my slides are a little messed up tonight, but bear with me. So we are changed by the people around us, both for the good and the bad. This is going to our next point, which is community, the one that's underlined right there. This is our last point of the way that we're changed. We're changed through prayer, intentionally talking with God. We're changed through spiritual reading or reading our Bible in a spiritual way. We're not just reading it as a storybook; we're reading it and asking God how he's going to move and change our lives. And then um, the Holy Spirit changes us when we invite him into our lives to do a work, we see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, these things that really shouldn't be there. I'm a kind of snappy person, but if you, um, if you actually know me today, I tend to be known to be really patient and like not snappy. But in my flesh, in my being without the Holy Spirit, I had a lot of anger issues and was really like jumped down your throat sometimes. Um, So the Holy Spirit allows us to experience fruit of the Spirit in that way. And then community. Community is what we're talking about tonight. Because we are changed by the people around us, both for the good and the bad. And you may have heard um, this saying that if you say, show me your friends. Do you know how to finish it? Show me your friends, I'll... Have you ever heard it before? Kind of, maybe not really. Okay, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's what... I forget, I should know how they coined it now. I thought you would know it already. but uh, We say this, this idea, show me your friends, the people you hang out with, you spend your time with, the things that you guys do as a group, and I'll show you like, where you're going to be in five years, is the idea. I'll show you how that group is going to lead you to either be like a strong, independent individual that's living for Jesus, or someone who's maybe dragged down by the people around you. Uh, it's really, really easy when we say that, that idea, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, to say that I I just need to get new friends. Really easy to say that. But I want to challenge you with something here tonight and something that I want to change in uh, our youth group first and then hopefully we carry it into big church on Sunday morning. Um, That is uh, a culture of honor. I want us to grab onto this idea of what does it mean to honor the people around us? The early church, um, you go through the, the writings in uh, Galatians, Romans, Matthew, Hebrews. Um, Paul talks a lot about um, honoring each other. And he talked about how we can put ourselves before our other people, but we should be putting other people before ourselves, right? Um, so let's jump into Galatians 6.1. This is a message translation. So it says, live by the spirit, friends. Um, if someone falls into sin forgivingly restore him saving your critical comments for yourself you might be needing forgiveness before the day out stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed share their burdens and so complete god's christ's law if you think you are too good for that you are badly deceived make a careful explore, exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that don't be impressed with yourself don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous, common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. Um, so a few little parts we're going to break down in this passage. The very first line, live by the Spirit, friends. We talked about that last week, right? We need to live by the spirit because when we are living by the spirit, all of this other stuff starts to flow out of us. Paul's calling it out and saying, yes, catch on to that for a second. Like you might be needing forgiveness, so be sure to forgive other people. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed because you might also be needing someone to stoop down and reach out to you. Um, And then when it goes on, it says, if you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. But let's go to this part right here where it says, don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. So what, we're, what I really want us to catch on to is this idea of honor, okay? Honor's a word that we don't really use very much because there's this honor, thy father and thy mother. That's like the one time you might've heard it. But in, in general, like we say, honor, authority, it's kind of changing to respect and I don't wanna look at it at respect. Respect is like a way that we feel under someone in authority we feel respect towards them, right? You feel respect towards your parents, respect towards God, respect towards the cops or your teacher at school, like whoever it might be, right? But what I want us to grab onto is honor because honor is really different. Honor comes from a place in our heart of adoration, of love, of care for another person. Honor doesn't stop at, wow, you're, you're, I'm like impressed with what you're doing and, and I respect you for that. No, honor stops at like, how can I help you? How can I walk alongside you? How can I speak highly of you? So going back, just a step back in the slides here to um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, okay? Going back to that, what if it's not about your friends? What if it's about you being the person that shows the honor? What if it's not about like, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. What if it's about like, like, wait, let's look at my life and what would my future look like? How am I honoring my friends? How am I impacting the way that they change, the way that, that the people around me perceive who God is? Um, that's this point, actually. It should have gone forward. Change doesn't start with how you're treated by others, but it starts with the way that you honor others. Okay, so let's go, um, let's go a step further um, to this, this passage here that Paul writes in Romans. I really like Romans, guys. It's like the whole Bible in one book. So as we're reading through it, and so you're like catching on, you have creation and then you have the cross and then you have a couple of rules here and there, a couple things that you should and shouldn't do. But then all of a sudden we come to this passage in Romans 12, which you'll probably get to in the next week or two. Um, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Okay, that whole section there is just saying, live out what God's called you to be. Live into the Spirit's leading in your life. says love must be sincere. hate what is evil and cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love and in that way honor one another above yourselves never be lacking in zeal but keep your spirit fervor serving the lord or keep your spirit steadfast or keep your spirit um focused on the lord be joyful in hope patient in affliction Faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. A lot of rules. A lot of rules. And we kind of just go on from there. And Paul actually continues the passage. I kind of stopped it because there was these two sections that I really wanted to pull out. It's that one right there where he said, honor one another above yourselves. And then when we come down, it says do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So as we talk about a culture of honor and we talk about changing the way that we treat others and honoring others, it has to start with, it's like, I don't know, it has to start with you. You've probably heard that before. Change starts with you. But how many of you like love the way that you're treated by your friends all of the time? Oh, you do? That's really good. You've built some solid people around you. How many of you love the way you're treated by your friends like half of the time? Yeah, most of you. How many of you feel like you don't have friends to begin with? How many of you feel like you show honor to your friends, but they don't show honor back to you? Like realistically, I'm being serious. Yeah, a few of you? So the missing link, I think that that we have, at least in this room, let's focus maybe on this room for a second. The missing thing in this room, the reason why it's so easy to not honor um, the people in your small group, or the kid that's still in sixth grade and you're a senior um, is because we're not seeing it through the eyes and mind of Christ, because we're not seeing it as an opportunity. We're seeing it as an obligation. And maybe I got to take this off. I keep flashing you all. Maybe, um, Maybe there's an opportunity tonight for you To step into a situation where you feel like you've been dishonored and to seek out um, and restore honor in in your own heart and relationship with Jesus. And in so doing, you're restoring honor with that other person. And so what I'm challenging you to, and I really want you to focus in on this opportunity right now, 7th grade boys. Thank you. What I really want you to focus in on is the opportunity to... Connect with someone over honor and not over slander or gossip or um, deceit, right? So you have this opportunity when you step into a circle. Right now, I'm going to have it with Jason as an example. Jason, you and I sit down and we're talking about the person that said they were going to come but didn't show up. And we're like, oh, they made some dumb excuse. They're not for sure. Like, there's no way he got sick. I just saw him on Instagram. He's like, Hanging out with other guys at the basketball court or something. What are we connecting over? Bitterness, disrespect, dishonor. But there's an opportunity to connect over honor and say, oh, they're not here to represent themselves. So, Jason, how are you honoring God? How are you showing respect to different people in your life? I really, really want... I really, really want all of us to grasp this opportunity because we have to see it as an opportunity, not an obligation. You are not obligated to show honor. You have an opportunity to be Jesus in this way and show honor to other people. And what I really want us to do is create this culture of honor and to do so first by um, showing honor to other people and so in doing so, creating, beginning to create a culture starting with you. The second point being that we honor those that are different from us. So if you notice in that last passage, we, it started, it says, we have different gifts. Some of you may have a gift of serving. Some of you may have a gift of leadership. Some of you may have the gift of singing. And some of you may have the gift of not singing or doing something else, playing sports, for example. It's really, really easy to connect with people That have the same gift as you. It's really, really hard to honor and connect with people that don't have the same gift as you. Because it's easier to speak in bitterness about that. It's easier to compare in that way. It's easier to look for opportunities and ways to get. To just get like. Closer to the people that have the same gifting. By dissing the person that doesn't. So the opportunity to honor those that are different from you, to look into a room and speak into those relationships and to see opportunities to connect with people that you wouldn't normally. I know that as you walk into your classroom or your school or your home or the church or your sports team, you can recognize the person that's different from you. And, you know, oh, I don't hang out with them. I don't talk to them because they're just different. Like, I just don't get along with that person. It's totally fine to not be best friends with everybody. It's not cool to not honor them. Every person that you come in contact with, if you really want to represent and be an apprentice of Jesus, deserves your honor in any situation. The person that uh, hit my friend in the car They deserve his honor, despite the fact that they almost killed him, right? They deserve him stepping into a relationship and saying, hey, I forgive you. We're cool. And he did that because they actually go to the same church, get that. And she was speeding really fast when she hit him over the speed limit. And he walked up to them. He said, it's cool. I'm not mad. Let's just figure out insurance. (laughs) Right? you have an opportunity to honor those that are different from you that you don't get along with? You don't have to like be best friends, but you do have to honor them if you want to be an apprentice of Jesus. And then lastly, I want our youth group, I want each of you to be the first ones to admit when you're in the wrong. And that can be a situation where you know you're in the wrong, but it can also be a situation where someone else says you're in the wrong and you don't think you are. Because if you're willing to say sorry and offer honor into a situation, you create a connection around honor and not bitterness. So why not go backwards into those relationships, that you, the people you don't get along with, the, the tips, the fights, the, the challenges, why not go backwards and connect over honor by just saying, yo, I'm really sorry Jason, I did not mean to hurt your feelings. I don't think I did, but if you think I did, then I'm so sorry that I did. It takes a whole lot of humility, patience, and other virtues. But when you create a connection then, when Jason and I create a connection around honor, it goes a heck of a lot further than any connection over bitterness that I have with someone else against Jason or me and Jason just have bitterness but have to work together because he comes every Wednesday. You have so many opportunities in front of you to create a culture of honor. So what do we do from here, guys? Really easy to talk about. Really easy to write some notes down. I hope that you brought your notebooks and your Bibles. If you didn't, that's okay. You have next week to bring them. But what I want you to do um, for the next minute, I'm going to give you like a minute and a half, a minute. I want you to pull out a notebook, and I'm giving you permission if you don't have a notebook to use your phone. Um, if you do have a notebook, don't use your phone. Open the Notes app on your phone. I won't give you more than two minutes, I'll, I'll explain it and then give you a minute. And write down at least one action step, one way that you can honor someone in your life. That you previously haven't. A connection around bitterness that you need to bring back into honor. A relationship that you need to, with a friend, that you need to like talk about honor in. If you don't have a phone or a notebook, then just think about it in your head. But Just at least one way. And everybody's got one. It could be with a parent, it could be with a friend. I'll give you a second to do that. Okay, and then as you wrap that up, um, I just really sense and believe that we can see a shift in honor in this place. Y'all are an awesome group of kids, students, young adults, whatever you want to call it. Seniors to sixth graders. Awesome group of people that I really, really love interacting with every Wednesday, Sunday, whenever I get to see you. But this gap of honor is what's holding us back from stepping into something different. It's an opportunity that you have to encounter people in your life and show them honor. If you want influence, start with honor. Honor the opportunities and people in your life because as soon as you do, all of a sudden there's gonna be more people behind you. There's gonna be more people around you. You want more friends? Look around. Are you honoring in every way the people around you? You want less friends? Stop honoring people. They will disappear really fast. Because people are attracted to honor. As adults, as students, as toddlers, they're attracted to the way that you treat them. So as you go to small group tonight, you have an opportunity. If you feel like there is something in between you and someone else in this youth group, I want to give you permission to act on that thing tonight. It could be another leader, if you're a leader. It could be another student. It could be someone in a different grade. All I ask is that you respect their small group time. And so if you want to talk to someone that's in a small group, um, that you tell your leader where you're going and that you knock on the door before you enter. Really simple. And you might not need to do this and that's totally cool. Maybe you need to do it at your school, in your home, wherever it is. But I want to give you permission and an opportunity to do that because I think this is really important and I think it's what's holding us back. From experiencing an opportunity to become true and real apprentices of Jesus as a group, not as individuals. If you know a friend that you think is struggling with something like this, pray with them, be open with them, honest. Because it it comes from both sides. If you're approached by someone, and they're saying, hey, this was really hard for me, do not be afraid to um, take criticism. Do not be afraid to offer it back in an honorable way. If you need a third party president, Jessica and myself are always around, and your leaders are more than willing to jump into situations like that. Without going on and on, I just encourage you to live in honor. And we're going to talk more about this even next week. But I think that this is an awesome concept for you to carry with you into the future, to carry with you into your schools, into your families, because it never changes. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you learn to honor people around you, it will take you really, really far in life. All right. You guys can jump into small groups.